You are now tuned into Progressive Action Radio, the most objective show in America. Hosted by Tramel Thompson, co-hosted by Jamel Wilson, and DJ Damage is on the wheels of steel. You will never know what to expect when thoughts and wisdom unite. People! Get ready. ready, ready. Progressive action is now live. What's going on, cuz? I'm chilling. How you feeling tonight? I feel good, man. No, okay. Good evening, everybody out there. You know everything. Everything is going on. This is the last show of the year. Oh yeah. We had a we had a great year. Speaking to the mic, cause I can't hear you. No, no, I'm good. I am. Oh, I can't really hear you too much. But um, this is the last show of the year, and um, we had a great year. We didn't have a full year yet, but we had a a, a good year. No, we didn't have a full year. We, you know, we were actually what uh, we were about maybe a month and a half short of a year as far as shows as far as shows go. But you know what? We made such an impact. I'm trying to imagine if we'd have been rocking for a full year. What would have? What would it be? Well, we'll find out in February because by that time, Samuelson said the deadline is the deadline. Yeah, the contract will be here. Uh huh. And we'll see what the membership think about it. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, I'm gonna tell you something. You know, speaking about the contract, right? You know, this is something I want to talk about in the commentary right now. You know, basically, um, the, there's a picture on, on. Well, there's a picture that's out there that came from the Daily News or wherever it came from. But basically, it's a picture of Samuelson. And uh, and uh, Governor Cuomo and uh, MTA Chairman Prendergast and the uh, the lady's name escapes me, but basically they were going through the brand new turnstile at the brand new subway station at Ninety uh, Sixth Street and Second Avenue. If everybody can see it now, basically uh, that's a picture right there that says, "Wow, you know, it speaks to me." And it says that the contract is finished, that the contract's a done deal, and that it's been a done deal. The picture also says to me that, uh, basically tells me where Samuelson, the, the, the circles that Samuelson wants to roll in, and basically where his aspirations are, okay? To be, a, you know, to be a politician, to be on the MTA board. Basically, you know, that's not a, that's not a pretty picture of a labor leader of a militant union like Local 100. You know, basically that's not what this picture, you know, it, it, that's not the vibe that this picture gives off. Could you, you know, imagine Toussaint doing that? He'll probably, he'll probably come slap you for saying that. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, basically, of course not, you know. Basically the thing is, right, is that when it comes to, you know, you know from my understanding and my knowledge, um, crews have been in and out of... Um, 96th Street and 2nd Avenue already starting off. Are you going to debut that 2nd Avenue subway, cuz? I don't care about that type of stuff. Cause. I know, I know that, you don't. That, I, that shit don't excite me. Or it don't excite nah, you? Okay. I don't well, care it, about none of that. Well, it excites some people. But anyway, uh, what's, you know, what's, you know, what's going on is you have crews that are reporting to 96th Street and 2nd Avenue and, uh, and starting off, starting intervals out of there without people on there. They're just starting off at 57th Street for what I understand. So, but on that, but on that inauguration day, when they run that first train, and all of those people are on that train for New Year's Eve, Governor Cuomo, Prendergast, 
and all those MTA executives and all those New York City transit executives, Veronica Hakem and all the rest of them. You know, you're talking about the nerves that that crew is going to feel transporting those people, man. And I'm saying to myself, you know, as a union president, that's where I would be on that train and on my, w- w- with my Sunday best on, basically with my with those members and with that crew. And I would get the officers from the RTO division, and I would tell them, you know, that would be Kia and that would be Crystal and a few other people. I would get them on that train, tell them to put on their Sunday best and ride on this train. Because afterwards, you know, basically we're going to, you know, we're going to sit with the crew and then that'll be a picture that I'll take. I'll get whoever's on duty in the tower and I'll get the train operator and the conductor and, you know, and and take a picture with them as a union president. And that's a picture that I'll, that's a mess, you know, that's a picture that I'll send to the media and say, these are the real workers who are working to keep this transit system going, okay? Not workers with bruises on their faces and slashed and beat up and in hospital beds and whatnot, like what they have been doing, okay? So, you know, basically that's, you know, that's how I feel about this picture here with them going through the turnstile looking like the four tops and shit, you know? So, uh, anyway, do you have anything else to say, cuz? No, I want to get into the guest because I know know he's going to come with, you know, he always bring us, you know, nice colored copies of things <laughs> yeah um he take his time and put things together and what's up harry yeah. how you doing uh Tramel jamel we good right. how you feeling harry? everything's good everything's good all right well everything's good as far as i'm going you know uh, <laughs> as far as the contract go i have no idea what the hell is going on with that because we're not getting any updates whatsoever well that makes the two of us yeah. none of us know what's going no, that on. makes forty thousand of, of us exactly <laughs> well how many division offices it is Minus them. Oh no, they know what's going oh, on. No, no, no. <laughs> they they don't know what's going on. <laughs> they they don't know what's going on either. What, they're, lost, they're lost of the sauce? Yeah, they they don't know. Oh, they, okay. Yeah, it's a it's a point that, you know, um I, I couldn't even say that Samuelson is running the show to be perfectly honest, because if you look at the narrative that they're going with with the assaults, um, I have a major problem with that for us that's out on the road, you know, everyone here is you know, still working on their tools or whatever the case. And to sit up there and put a price on my life, I'm still waiting to see when this contract comes to fruition, how much my life is worth. You know, I think that's one of the most disgusting uh, scenarios that this union could come up with to fight a contract. Now, it was told to me today, I I got a text earlier this morning that Nick Bedell was doing a shop gate (laughs) in Coney Island. No offices. Nick Bedell was leading a shop gate, a guy who never worked for transit a day in his life. If I had to uh, venture a guess, I would say he's the one that came up with this narrative. But for officers, and as I, I think I spoke about this on the last show, when you have so many officers who've been off their tools for so long, they don't know what we go through. So I think, again, there needs to be a bylaw change or something happened to where every officer has to return to their tools for a certain amount of time because that's the only way they're going to be able to fight for us if they live what we live, you know, what we go through. Yeah. Now, for our new listeners, tell the people what you used to do under the Samuelson administration. I was the uh, chief of staff under the Samuelson administration uh, until I resigned on uh, October 12, 2000. I mean, October 2012. See, that? now that's the key. He resigned. He wasn't sent back to his tools. It wasn't nothing crazy. He left on his own recognizance and, and, and just broke out. He was equivalent to what uh, Steve Downs have right now, correct? Correct, correct. So he was inside 
the Samuelson administration. So he knows a lot. For our new listeners, y'all need to catch up to the old shows because Harry is like, he comes with the fire all the time, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I worked under Samuelson and uh, Roger Toussaint, and it's it's amazing how the uh, they continue to use the ghost of Roger to scare people. Uh, progressive action <laughs> is bad because Roger's running it and this, that, and the other, which is, uh, to me, I have a big problem with because it's saying that two intelligent brothers can't put something together on their own. Two young intelligent brothers can't put something together on their own. Two young black intelligent brothers. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, we, we can't leave out the black. Right. Exactly. Because, I, I mean, one of the things that I want to talk about is is the contract, the current one and the, the past one. I, for the life of me, I don't understand um, how we can I, – I, I, the, the prior contract, all we kept hearing about was the MTA can pay, the MTA can pay, the MTA can pay. And uh, they used several different reasonings for why the MTA could pay. One of them was the Gatsby Fund, which is uh, – pretty much a fund that the transit authority from what Samuelson and them says, one of the papers that, you know, that I handed to you, which you'll hopefully you put on the website to show the membership that um, this was a fund that Samuelson and them claimed back in 2012, that the MTA was just pumping money into it uh, just because they had it to pump into it. Now, um, according to them, it was well over 200 and 200 million dollars, possibly going up to 500 million dollars. And then when you turn around and if, if you look at our According to the um, fiscal people, a 1% raise equals $25 million. So um, if they can pay then, and according to Samuelson, the narrative that he's out there shopgating with now is the reason that he settled the contract for such a low wage, uh, the previous contract for such a low raise wage, was because the MTA didn't have any money. But not according to this that you put out during contract time. You put out uh, this narrative during contract time, 2012, stating that they could pay. Now, if that was the amount of money that was in there back then, and I think it leads up to 2015 of how much money that was going to go into this fund, how much is in this fund today in 2016 that you're not you, you're not even going that route because the amount of money that the MTA waste, has wasted is ridiculous. Uh, I think the last time I was here, we spoke about the Hudson Rail Yard project. I don't know if you've been passed there by... Um, uh, the Javits Center, and you see all of the building that's going on there. I have. I passed by there. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and and if you read the the narrative from uh, uh, on that, it states that the MTA is actually supposed to be a partner in that in that building. So what does that mean for us, and what does that mean for the riding public whose fare is going to be going up next year? If the MTA is just giving away property like that, how much money would, uh, if any, how much money are they going to be collecting? Did they give the uh, the, the property away? acres actually a way to a developer who's making uh, campaign contributions to the governor I mean it's, it's really ridiculous what's going on and for them to sit around and we got to negotiate we got to beg we got to do revenue neutral in order to get any type of a raise or anything like that something that we work for and then again for our president to be letting them off the hook with this um, you know this but, assault thing you know it's, it's interesting that you say that and you give us this paper and the union was saying that they did have money back then right now, you know, you hear some people saying that they it was some type of recession, but I know the recession ended in 08. So I don't know what recession was going on in Neither 2012. Right. And another thing that's interesting for this contract is Samuelson said the MTA got money and the president said that they're in a better position financially, this contract. So if we got 8% over five years um, and the MTA, from what I understand, is offering... Two percent right now. Mm-hmm. So being that they got money, those twos 
we could we could say should turn into force. Exactly. At the least. Exactly. At the very least. Because the MTA, again, uh, I've never seen a company that, you know, during contract time, they don't have any money. And then after the contract, all of a sudden, they find billions and billions of dollars. You know, Uh, it's just ridiculous that this happens time after time after time. And our president has decided to let them off the hook. Because when you're talking about last contract, where a strike vote to my, if I remember correctly, a strike vote was never even taken because he took the strike off of the table. So now you're turning around now and you're going to say a deadline is a deadline and, you know, you're looking in on the 7th and you're talking about possibly taking a strike vote. Um, why? Why? What's the purpose? I mean, you haven't given anyone any type of an explanation. I'm tired of the dog and pony show. I'm tired of the weakness that this administration have shown its membership. I mean, I, Total, it's 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 a shame. It's got to do better. Uh, what is he thinking? Because you know, strikes don't happen overnight. He can't even get his workers, his his offices, to come to work to the union hall. Exactly. And you think he go get members to stay out of work? Exactly. And you know, the and the thing that I, that I, that I keep stressing because. You know, now Progressive Action and Transport Workers United, we're all a bunch of scabs. Right. You know, so basically it's like, listen, you know, scabs to an imaginary strike. Number one, again, I'm going to kick the ballistics about the financial aspect of a strike, okay? Basically, the last time we struck in 2005, if there are members that have less time that don't know, the, uh, the penalty for striking, for a labor union striking, is the union has to pay a million dollars a day, mm-hmm. okay? And you're talking, you lose dues check off. Correct. Okay? And so basically this union is not the great, does not, is not the greatest in collecting dues from these members. Correct. Because if they don't have to pay, they're not going to pay. Okay? And you're talking about Samuelson sitting in jail for 10 days. Correct. Is that million dollars subjective? Because when I watched the court proceeding, it don't seem like it was. It's a million dollars. That's that's it. It's up to what the judge. It seems like. exactly. It was. That's what the judge. That's the tally that the judge laid on us for striking was a uh, million dollars a yeah. day. So it could be more, possibly. If possibly you go. could be exactly right now, right? Because that was two thousand five. Yeah, yeah. Because because I remember um, who was I listening to? It might have been uh, one, uh, that video. Was his name yeah. Juan Gonzalez? Juan Gonzalez. Right. He said back in nineteen eighty. The fine was five hundred million, five hundred thousand dollars. Excuse mm-hmm. me. So basically, now you can imagine it's going to be two million, two million at a least, one point five, two right. million. And, exactly. And, and, and like I said, I would be totally surprised if Samuelson calls a strike. I mean, I would be, I think I would fall off of a chair. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody hit me with a feather, right? You know, because I don't see that happening. There's been zero preparation for that. There's been no days of actions. Like I said, there's no information coming down from from uh, contract negotiations. I can't even tell you when they met. And as a as a dues paying member in good standing, and I, I have to crack up laughing because the um the flyer for the seventh states that we will get a contract update. Now contract negotiations started November fifteenth. You mean to tell me I gotta wait all the way to January seventh? To get an update on what the hell y'all been talking about, and then someone told me that um, that they're supposed to be having a negotiation session that particular day. That day, there's going to be a negotiation session. Where that Saturday? That Saturday. Where exactly? Where, Where? are they negotiating? Where are they negotiating? And because just, you remember, because I, I told Travell back in the day they used to negotiate at the Grand Hyatt on 42nd Street, right? And then they switched to the Sheridan, right, on right. 7th Avenue, right? Right. So then. Where do they negotiate now? Now, now they, of course, last time they stalled. We know that, right? You right. know, you, you, you confirm that. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay, definitely. okay. I mean, that, that that's the thing. 
when, when you want to talk about scabbing and you want to call progressive action scabs, then Steve Downs is a scab, uh, John Samuelson is a scab, uh, Donald Yates is a scab, Richie Davis is a scab, Earl Phillips is a scab, Tony Utano's a scab, um, John Chiarello is a, stick, is a scab, because when I got to that meeting, that's who was there, and these people decided on that they was going to stall until after the contract. Again, putting John Samuelson needs before the needs of the membership. Let me get the gun out. <laughs> a gunshot for everybody that was at the meeting. Yeah, exactly. and, and, I mean, and let's not forget about the paperwork that surfaced with John Samuelson asking to get paid exactly. during the 2005 strike. Exactly. That's right. let's, let's not forget about the international not supporting the local union during the 2005 strike. But they wouldn't never call those guys scabs. Why? Well, because they white. No, but it's, it, and it, it even reverts, reverts back to something else that you mentioned earlier about the, the photo op with, at the 2nd Avenue subway. First of all, I don't know if you saw the whole entire video when, now first of all, let me start off with this. That week, that week, first on Channel 2, I saw an exclusive with the governor on Channel 2 giving the tour of of the 2nd Avenue subway. That was on a Monday. On Tuesday, there was an exclusive on Channel 4. Now, I always thought the the word exclusive meant, you know, that it's just me, that you're not giving these interviews to anyone else. Uh, Then the next day, it was on Channel 7, an exclusive. Then after that, you got the Samuelson uh, dog and pony show, which I thought was totally disgusting because if you look at that video, if you see the video in its entirety, entirety, you see uh, the governor and uh, the young lady, I think she's the president of Subways. Hi. They're going down. Hi, Kim. Yeah. They're going down the um, escalator first. Then right behind them is Samuelson. So, and then the whole point of them coming out through the turnstile at the same time. Now, my thing is this. Did the governor call... You know, whoever, uh, whoever's press people are, they call the news first, call Channel 2, Channel 4, Channel 7. And then they call Samuelson and say, look, we want you down there. Excuse me, the governor wants you down there and he wants you to do this photo op. During contract time, that doesn't send a strong message to me as a dues paying member that my president is controlling anything. Because when they walking through that turnstile all at the same time, again, that is a staged event, a photo op. And for my president to be taking part in that, I never forget when Roger uh, settled. I think it was a, I think it was a 2005 contract, and he was they was having a press conference him and Peter Calico, and Roger reached out to shake uh, Calico's hand, and Calico grabbed him and like hugged him, and the facial expression of Roger when that happened, <laughs> it was one of the funniest things in the world. You know that wasn't something that he wanted because he knew the cameras was flashing at that particular time. Now these very same people. The Samuelsons, the Downses, and all the rest of them, they chided Roger for that photo op. They ch- they hit him hard for that photo op. Oh, he's friendly with management and so on and so forth. But then here it is. You got the president doing the same thing with the governor. And time after time after time, you see Earl Phillips when he was doing the wireless bus. Earl Phillips was standing there skinning and grinning. You know, <laughs> it, 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 it's house it's, Negro. Yeah, it, it's to the point. It's something that has to stop when we're supposed to be. And don't get me wrong. We don't have to be adversarial all the time, but when I see this type of uh, 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 rehearsed photo op thing going on, again, it doesn't instill confidence in me that my president is working on my behalf. Uh, you look at everything that happened with John, with the um, what I'm getting, again, he's the... Uh, president of Local 100. He's the vice president of the International, which again, we'll, I'll touch on something what Lombardo said at that, again, rally. Uh, uh, and he sits on the MTA board. 
What's what's his next title that he's going to garner? Well, I'll tell you this. Samuelson was absent for the board meeting that discussed the MTA fi- financials. Mm-hmm. He was absent during that that um, board meeting right there. And while the the one meeting he needed to be at, he was go- he was absent on. Correct. I mean, I, I look at someone that has continuously labeled people as elitists. And that was Samuelson's favorite word about members on the MTA board. So now if you look at a president who's making close to $300,000, he has a private driver. Um, uh, <laughs> I mean, he doesn't. How do uh, uh, Someone have to answer this question to me. How does a, one person hold down two full-time positions? It's impossible. Something is going to lack. And unfortunately, both positions is lacking. And for Lombardo to stand up there and 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 at that rally that they did down at MTA uh, headquarters where they did the sticky notes on the wall and he's talking about the autonomy between the international and the local, how the hell can you have autonomy when you have the president of the local who is the vice president of the international? There is no autonomy. I mean, you, 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 we, we're supposed to be operating independently of the international. That's something that's not going on. Right now, politically, and again, with the political uh, climate that's coming up starting next year on the 20th, with Donald Trump taking office, where do we stand politically in Washington? Where do we stand? No, no one can answer that question because right now we have no real political agenda in Washington at all right now. And that was the whole purpose of the international moving down to Washington was to have a better political uh, agenda and a better political standing, being able to do lobbying in Washington. When was the last time we did any lobbying whatsoever in Washington, D.C.? When he went to go get the bike shares with Nick Bedell. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> exactly. But you, you mentioned something very important about you know, we don't need to be adversaries all the time. Right. But when is this administration ever an adversary towards management or the governor? Well, they haven't been because if it wasn't for the governor, the governor somewhat saved John's neck by, you know, when he stalled and stalled and stalled and the MTA was about to take us to arbitration, he had to go run into the governor to ask the governor to give us a contract. Now, again, that's not a good that's not a good look because now you are basically at his holding you he, he you had his behest he called you whenever he called you you owe this man big time and as we can see since that happened that's exactly what's been going on whenever he calls samson samson comes to run uh whenever he wants samson to do a photo op samson does a photo op whenever he wants samson to uh try to bully the mayor into giving up more money for on the capital budget plan then that's what samson does um, when do you work for us? What What's going on with the operational budget? Why haven't you been trying to pump any money into the operational budget? Because that's where our raises come from. Why haven't you been trying to, if you really want to help the public and you really want to put on a public campaign, why aren't you, along with the MTA, going down to Washington to lobby for more money on the operational budget side of the House as opposed to everything being on the capital side? You know, basically, Governor Cuomo has his own agenda. And basically, he uses Samuelson as his puppet to basically help fuel that agenda. Yes. Because basically Governor Cuomo, by having by having Samuelson come and do these photo ops, he wants to make it look, it's basically for votes. He wants to make it look like he's all for labor. But Governor Cuomo is not for labor. No. Because tier six is the biggest, because tier six is the prime example. Okay. When you have a state that has, for, for, again, for 2016, $156 billion budget. Right. Okay, so you're not balancing the budget on the backs of you, you, basically you're not balancing no budget. So what was the point of that? Right. Okay. But, it, but see, it's, it, the thing is, is again politically we are weak. We are dead in the water. Uh, 
again, we we talking about the whole blow up that happened with the uh, cope money and uh, against Brother Downs. Uh, again, the progressive action of scabs, they're telling you to not pay your cope money because we need the cope money for X, Y, Z. We need the money for tier six. Tier six. I haven't heard anything about tier six since lobby day of March of this year. We will not hear anything about tier six again until lobby day of next year. So you're talking about an entire year of no lobbying, no pushing people to go see uh, politicians in their area. And, and my thing is this. We have to go further than just seeing the same old people. There are uh, our uh, state Senate is basically um, run by Republicans. We do not spend any time going up there talking to these people, speaking to the Republicans, getting them to understand our plight. Right now, there is no fear from us because we don't control anything in the district of the people that vote for them. So I'm quite sure there's there's plenty of a manufacturing in some of these areas, which we need to be looking at. And if they're not unionized, we need to unionize them. I don't care whether it's us or whether it's anybody, you know, so they need to be unionized. We need to have more unionized uh, people in these districts that these Republicans uh, represent, because that's the only way we're going to get anything to change and get them to change and get them to see how we're you know, how we're living. Right. Well, you know, like I said, even that's still uphill. I agree with you, but that's still an uphill battle because like, you know, like Tramella said a while ago that, you know, you can lobby to these politicians all you want to. But basically, a lot of these politicians and representatives are not going to rock the boat when it comes to trying to fix tier six for some workers, because guess what? They don't want to rock the boat to Governor Cuomo because they want to continue to get the money for their districts and their constituents and their and and whatever they got going on. So basically, that's not going to happen. Yeah, you know? you're, you're right. And Tramel and I had that conversation a while back, okay. and, and I agree with you wholeheartedly that they're not going to rock the boat. They're going to go, but so far to continue to get our money. And that's something that they've been doing for years. They've been doing to us for years. I mean, lobby day, they come on stage and, and, and they say the same thing. I don't care who's the president. If they've been in office since, um, uh, um, uh, what's his name? Sonny Hall been in office. He, they said the same thing about him. Oh, your president is the greatest thing. They said it about Sonny. They said it about Damaso. They said it about Willie James. They said it about Roger Toussaint. They said it about um, uh, Samuelson. No matter who the president is, these politicians are only going to go but so far because they don't want to uh, risk their discretionary fund. Uh, and that's something that the governor controls. I mean, the only one that probably would be willing to risk that is Charles Barron. <laughs> yeah, he don't give a fuck. He don't, he don't care. care. Exactly. He don't care. And it's amazing. He's a progressive action supporter. You know? Right. But see, that's a man that's going to do what he has to do for his constituents and for the people because that's who he represents, the people. We're not talking about somebody that uh, don't give a damn. I mean, you know, they, they, my city, my, um, my assembly person, I walked past this woman in full uniform and she didn't even speak. But this is somebody that we pushed big time. I mean, what is she doing for us? What is she doing in the district? We have more homeless shelters in the district. We have more unemployment in the district. She's not trying to bring in any jobs. She's not trying to do anything. But yet, we're pushing this person. Why? Because she's willing to sign on to a letter stating that I support, but will you go further? Let's say we do get a tier six bill that passed both uh, uh, the Senate and the Assembly, and the governor vetoes that bill. Would you be willing to cast your vote to override that veto? That These are the things that we need to know as a membership. Because like I said, when we go up to lobby day, all we see are 
uh, Democrats, who's, who has already so-called pledged their support for us. That's all we see. And we may see Marty Golden because he's done a lot for us. But other than that, we don't visit any upstate Republicans. We don't visit any Republicans out on Long Island. We don't visit any of these people. So if we're going to still go to the same people, whoever, whoever, who are, those people who have already pledged their support, I don't want to waste time going to talk to them. I want to sit down and talk to somebody to convince them why I deserve what I deserve. Exactly. You know, and basically another thing is when it comes to, you know, going up there, you know, you know, um, talk about Democrats or whatnot, you know, basically, again, it it really doesn't do it, it just seems like it just doesn't do much. You know, when you go up there and you speak to a lot of these politicians, um, you know, you know, with them, it's all about votes. It's all about uh, it, like I said, it's. It's all a big dog and pony show. Yeah, just like know? the contract. Just I like mean, the, exactly. <laughs> I've, I've, I've seen, I mean, like I said, 2012, there were so many different things that we were trying to do uh, to show that the MTA had money. There was something else that we wanted the MTA to do, and that was renegoti- renegotiate the interest rates on their swaps agreement, which basically we wanted them to refinance any monies that they had outstanding. Uh, here's a layout of it. I mean, y'all could again read it later on. Like it was only to make up one copy. Sorry. But um, that was something else that we tried to do to show that they got money. We were talking about their real estate holdings, where you uh, spoke about how they're renting so much of, of, of their stuff. I mean, they're leasing so much property because uh, to Broadway, they don't own that. They're leasing that. So you own property. You just built 130 Livingston. You moved everybody out of 130 Livingston. Well, not everyone, but you moved people out of 130 Livingston and you moved them into Broadway. But you're still spending money renovating 130 Livingston. For who? Um, they're building, and this is the part that, that kills me with the putting so much emphasis on the, the um, on the capital budget plan. They're building a new command center right across the street from East New York Depot. Again, if you look at the money, uh, any painting that's going on, so much of this money from the capital budget is going to uh, private contractors. It's not going to our people. You know, it's most of it is going to private contractors and trickle down to our membership. So I'm getting again, who would who did you push that for? It wasn't for the membership it was more so for the governor. Oh, I could imagine. Listen, other, un- you know, the construction unions, they love the MTA, especially if that if that particular company gets the bid to do something. They love, you know, they love the MTA more than we do. Right. If you look at the interview that Samuelson did on uh, New York One. He spent, what, a, maybe a minute of talking about transit workers and everything else was maybe, about... Maybe that. Yeah, everything else was about the construction trade. I mean, who are you working for? Because I don't see you working for us, and, and I don't see anybody working for us, because looking at these contract demands that was made, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I almost thought that they was that was a bluff contract demand, mm-hmm. and they was put it out there just to fool us. But why would you play with the membership like that? That was their real demands. Because it's, it's again, if you looked at it, I guess he became very adept at at, at uh, putting on a dog and pony show because the whole stall of the 2012 contract was a dog and pony show. I mean, when you're talking about uh, a 40 hour work week for trans workers, a four day work week with 40 hours, are you insane? Were you insane? I mean, because now what you're doing, and I, and I somewhat understand why they're doing it, but again, for the union, I'm, I don't understand why they would want that. Because again, part of it is to cut down on sick time. Part of it is cut down. But you're talking about a 40-hour work week, 10-hour runs. So now you're talking about the MTA would have to go 
and establish 10-hour runs for everybody to pick. Now, with those 10-hour runs, that means I'm only working four days. So that's 52 days that I'm missing in pay out of, out of a week because it's 52 weeks in a year. So those 52 days, I'm not working. Now, if you trickle that down to, to what is it, probably a five or 10,000 uh, bus operators or whatever the case may be, and also they talk about doing it in trains too. So now you're talking about you're creating a glut of, of operators that's going to be sitting around that's, that means now any overtime you have, it's going to go to those people. Because remember, we don't start getting paid overtime until after 40 hours. So now you're basically cutting the overtime, which, again, it's, it's several folds that happen. Because now if I'm only doing 40 hours a week and I can't get any overtime to build up my pension, guess what? Now you're helping the MTA with that aspect also. Exactly, Harry. And then just like with the holidays, right, mm-hmm. you'll have all these members sitting around the depot just chilling. And then what do they do to get you out of there? They'll say, listen. If you want to, you could use the AVA day yes. or OTO day, yes. and you can you can go home. And guess what? Members will fly out of there and use their days. Right. And, and, that, guess, and guess what? You shortchange yourself. Exactly. And that's the other part of it, too, because, again, you have, like I said, you'll have so many operators sitting around, mm-hmm. and people will be probably be able to call up and say, I need an AVA, and they'll give it to them right, right away. But, again, like you said, you're losing money that way. Well, let me exactly. ask you, let me ask you but this. They, but they don't mind going over the quota in that situation, right. but on a regular day, they can't go oh, over the quota. Oh, they'll increase the quota with this 40-hour work week, four days a week work week. They'll increase, they'll be, they'll increase the quota. Of course. Because they'll be able to. Let's play devil's advocate with that that four-day uh, four work week thing. Let's say that they give us overtime after the eighth hour and you're allowed to work two AVA, I mean two RDOs out of your three. I think that's a win for the membership. Yeah, if you can get the, the, the overtime. That's the problem because of the glut. And as management has already started doing now, they've already have... Uh, Taken overtime and and given it and put it on a list to stop you know like shuttle work and stuff shuttle like work, that. Yeah. They've been giving it to people out on a list. So now if you got a bigger list and then the other thing that they want, they want you to they want to pick your your RDOs. They don't want you to pick your RDOs. Yeah, that prepackaged thing, yeah. right? So they want to pick it. So again, if you look at how this is all playing into management's hand, I don't think the union has sat down. And thought about this because all they're thinking about, well, it gives the membership an extra day off their three days off or whatever. But you're not thinking the ramifications down the lines. The MTA would love that. They would love it. Yeah. And then another it's like you talk about give give RDOs. Guess what? You know what that does It say, OK, these dudes agree to this now. Ten years up the road. Now you're talking about pick rights right. because here it is. They're stabbing at pick rights now, especially in OA. With them wanting everything to be done the TA way in a way, right? So it's like you got to be careful with. That's another thing you got to be careful with. So you, bottom line is you can't open it. Like I said, I read those uh, contract demands from the MTA. You can't open a door for none of that stuff. No, none of that stuff. No, there's no thought. There's no total thought process going on with this administration right now because they don't think things through totally. Uh, four day work week, uh, forty out ten hour days. That sounds good. But what happened to the swing runs? What happened to, I mean, there's so many different things. And again, management wants to get rid of the swing runs anyway. Exactly. This is something that you're helping them out with. Exactly. <laughs> they don't, listen, they've been saying for years how they wanted to decrease and make it, make all the runs eight hours. They've exactly. been threatening that for years. Exactly. So I don't see them all of a sudden, because let's say if you were to agree to something like that, a 10 hour day would be with bare minimum. Right. Then they would have to be, then they would have to create 10 hours runs. 12-hour runs, 13-hour runs, 14-hour runs, which is going back decades what they right. used to have. Well, I know you know that, right, right. Harry? Right. So basically, it's like, listen, you know, 
that's <laughs> that's not gonna happen, man. No, they're not gonna. Again, they just basically just you know just putting things out. Well, I mean, certain things they're serious about, but certain things it's like, all right, let's see if they fall. You know, let's see what they go for. Right. You know. I mean, some of the some of the listings that I've seen is uh, uh, we 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 wait until contract time to talk about fresh air in the depots. I mean, or any location. You mean to tell me that you've known that the air in the depot has been bad and you're going to wait to contract time to negotiate fresh air? Fresh air. I mean, uh, boots issue. Uh, To me, safety issues are not a a contract issue. It should never be under the contract. We should never have to wait for you to negotiate for our health. And see, that's my problem. That's my other problem that I have with this, the narrative of the assaults. Because... I did a conference in 2012 with the MTA on on the assaults. Um, We did a conference. Nothing has been done about the assaults since then. I mean, other than Samuelson putting in the contract that he want partitions on the buses, which is not the strongest partitions in the world because people are still getting assaulted with those partitions. Right, exactly. I had that conversation with somebody the other day. I said, listen, they had these bus partitions put in and how many assaults? There might have been more assaults. Right. Now, Steve Downs and and, uh, Dr. Frank Goldsmith, who's supposed to be an occupational person, uh, they went to Portugal to look at some uh, partitions that uh, basically they're motorized. When Portugal? It, Portugal, yeah. I wonder how much that costs. Yeah. Actually, I was supposed to go, but I just declined to go because, again, I always thought that I could have got that information online. It wasn't, it wasn't necessary. <laughs> right? It wasn't necessary to send somebody all the way down there for that. So they, they, the petitions that they had are motorized. When the doors open up, when you open up the doors and let the, the passengers on, the partition swings back in front of the operator protecting them when you close the door the partition swings back keeping people beyond the white line now that does two things it stops people from boarding the bus and standing in that white line and then you have to continue to tell them to move to the rear move to the rear move to the rear and they don't listen to you so then now you got to sit there and wait until they move and now you're taking on that which means that's going to get you assaulted okay so that, that, that's the problem that I have with that, that they didn't do anything about the, uh, the real petitions that they should have. They let the MTA off the hook, and they were doing something quickly just to put something into the contract to say, look what we did. The other part that they did was more cameras on the buses. Now the MTA turned around and said, well, we want to put cameras on your bus operators. Well, the MTA union tried to fight it. Now, for one, I've heard, again, which is ridiculous that I have to keep hearing these things because my union refused to give information out that they filed a grievance on that and they lost. But mm. they haven't told anybody that they lost. Mm. How can we get um, old grievances or grievances that the union filed? Well, you should be able to request it from uh, Grievance and Discipline and as a dues-paying member, they're supposed to give it to me, which I will be doing that because I'm tired of not hearing about what's going on or you hear something and uh, and you don't get the results of what transpired from that grievance. Because I would like to know, well, as I'm driving the bus, well, I have a camera on me. There's no one. And then the, the, the thing that killed me, again, the narrative that the union used for that was um, you're taking away my rights to privacy. When I heard that, I'm like, what? I have no expectation of privacy on a public bus in a fishbowl pretty much. I have no expectation of privacy. So if that was the best that you could have come up with, that again, that's just like this narrative with the uh, with the contract. Now, you waited from 2012, from the conference of 2012 to 2016 to say that we should be paid because we're getting assaulted. That's why we should get paid. So you mean to tell me you sat on your collective asses allowing members to get assaulted 
So then you could turn around and use this as a narrative to get us more money. People need to stop and think about that for a minute because that means that my union has put my life in danger. Well, wasn't we getting assaulted in 2012? Yes. Or, or was this an, is this a new phenomenon? No, and that's it. 2012, 2013, 2014, 2015. It hasn't stopped. So, But what has the union done since that conference? And, and again, in one of the previous shows I spoke about, the whole premise of that conference was to keep it going. It was supposed to happen. It happened the following year in Philadelphia. And then the following year after that was supposed to happen in Chicago and Detroit and every and all over the place because I wanted to make this a national issue. When the transportation reauthorization bill came up, I wanted to see if we can go down to Washington and have them make uh, assaulting transit workers um, a federal issue, not just the state issue, but a federal issue. And I'm, I was matter of fact, I took a, uh, uh, Uber here tonight, and I'm looking at the their their assault bill for twenty five years. Twenty five years. If 25 you, if you years. Assault, if you assault them, yeah. Yeah, up to 25 years, and here we get up to seven. Now, let me ask you this. Do you, um, if somebody assault a Long Island Railroad employee, would they get charged federally since they federal railroad? Good question. Yeah, damn yeah. good question. That's a yeah. good question. Yeah. That's a good question. Because, I mean, it, it would make more sense. Right, Amtrak, Metro North. Mm-hmm. It would be, be great to find out all about That's all right. of them. That's right. It's a good question. <laughs> yeah. So if you whip their ass from North Carolina <laughs> to Virginia, <laughs> do they get charged in two states? <laughs> That's right. But it's just a danger to wait on any safety issue, to try to use that as a contract issue. I think that's a danger that this union has put every member in. Uh, because, again, you sit up there, and, and if you look at the, the ad itself, if I didn't, again, most people, the heads are down, but if I look at that ad quickly, I'm thinking that it's an ad for some uh, attorney, val- oh. <laughs> for an attorney, that, you know, that if you're injured on, you know, whatever, if you're assaulted, that's what I'm thinking, because that's what the ad looks like. Yeah. It looks like something that, that an attorney would put out trying to gather, you know, clients. Procter and Gamble. Right. Right. <laughs> you're right. Now, let me ask you this, um, about safety sensitive. Are we safety sensitive? Yeah, uh, buses, uh, train operators, conductors, and so on and so forth. What make what make us safety sensitive? Because of the we control pretty much like train operators. If they fall asleep or whatever the case may be, you're still talking about signals. With us, again, uh, we can't. Uh, we have to be alert because of uh, again driving a bus and you know the situation, the traffic and stuff that we have to deal with. Because I found out some information that we not safety sensitive. Oh no, no, we not. And safety sensitive. It's basically, from what I understand, it's police officers. Mm-hmm. And and you only subject to alcohol and drug testing. The MTA put us out of service because of certain medicines that we own, right. which is against the law. I found out, I was looking at a case from the guy when he crashed the, Long Island, the Metro North in 2014. The, um, the government, the federal government recommended that the MTA start checking people medical histories right. see what kind of medicine that they they use to possibly put them out of service from operating trains and stuff like that it was a recommendation mm-hmm. which means that it's not in effect the mta been practicing this with us for a very long time right but they wasn't practicing it with metro north and long island railroad and um it, it, they actually violate the eeo the EOC laws with safety sensitive is. Right. You know, I think that um, a lot of that stuff came about with the MTA, even with random drug testing. It started with, correct me if I'm wrong, Harry, with when the uh, the, tra- the motorman 
crashed the subway into Union, crashed the four train into Union, Union Square, Square back mm-hmm. in the early nineties. Yeah, and that's when, and because a lot of people said that's when random drug testing started. Right, and they changed the uniform. Train operators didn't need uniforms at that time. That's right. I remember that. Yeah, they used to be playing clothes yeah. back way back. That's in why the they day. couldn't find him because. He had on regular clothes, <laughs> and he was in the bar drinking, stressed out. Oh, really? Yeah, that's what happened. Oh, okay, yeah. And then somebody else had told me that, uh, you know, again, an anonymous person said that when he left the terminal up there, wherever he left from, they knew he was twisted. Oh. I, 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 but if they asked him, yo, you all right to go down the road? He said, yeah, yeah, I'm all right. So, but he, so he went down the road. Now, it's amazing what Karma has done. Now, he was, if y'all don't know, he was killed. Robert Ray was was killed, uh, was it killed or hospitalized? No, he he just got out of jail. He just got out of jail, but he was hot, but but he was hit he was hit by a car on on the Grand Concourse. What was it last year? It, it made the news. Oh yeah, yeah, wow. it made the news. He was hit on the Grand Concourse up in the Bronx, and that's why it made the news because people found out it was him. him they right. said, "Oh wow, look what happened!" You know, <laughs> so he was hit by a car. I can't. I, I forgot whether or not he passed or he was killed by it or. But it it made the news. Wow. Know? Yeah. Now speaking speaking of anonymous people, I was told I'm not gonna say the person name, but I was told that um most of these contracts be done already. A lot of administrations. Yeah. He said that's he said, you know, the big secret is they all all the contracts be done. It's a dog and pony show with all of them to some certain extent. He said every administration contract was done. Yeah, I wouldn't say all of them. I'm I'm really really leery of this one just just based on the lack of action that I've that I've been seeing and and again, knowing that uh our president is in the governor's back pocket as a matter of fact, if you check on his body somewhere you'll probably see a sign up there saying property of the governor if lost please return. <laughs> oh wow. Oh man. Now, you know Charles Barron, Charles Barron Said that Governor Cuomo is racist. He said he, he said he told them on the floor that you are racist. You doing this? You are racist and all this other stuff. Samuelson and him is cut from the same cloth. Yeah, I'm. A, I'm. A, I'm gonna say something on that. In my heart of hearts, do I believe Samuelson is a racist? I'm gonna say no, and then let me explain why. I spent time with his family. I spent time with his sons. I spent time with his uh, pl- plenty of time with his sons. His, uh, it's actually been to his, his parents' home and was welcomed in his home and so on and so forth. I don't. I wouldn't say that he was racist. I would say something even more dangerous than being racist, and that's not knowing what the f- you're doing and <laughs> not giving a fuck about what you're doing. I think that's even more of a danger to us uh, because again, this if he's making out like a bandit, we're not. I mean, when you can, when you have again, I, I, I have a big problem with our, with any union leadership making the kind of money that these people are making. Three hundred thousand dollars is a ridiculous sum to be making when you have no one that you represent is even coming close to that. And if you if you want to make a hundred thousand dollars, you got to kill yourself in order to do that. So that's my issue with with Sammy said. I don't I don't believe in my heart of hearts that he is a racist. I think he knows how to use people. Yes. You know, because, again, that's the whole point of this political slush fund uh, that I spoke about with the six million dollars. He buys people with that money. So we have to question why would the MTA increase that money that they gave him for the for the uh, um, the labor benefit account? Because, again, you got people that he put back on their tools. 
that's getting money from that labor benefit account. So he uses that money to stay in office. Why would the MTA be willing to help him out by, like that by giving him that money? You got people who are who are on restricted duty. So you mean to tell me you're paying someone an extra 10 hours just for them to keep their, damn, their mouth shut because you sent them back to the tools? We got people on restricted duty with no work available. And now you want to go up to the MTA and start talking about restricted duty work Man, you got the money right there to pay some of these people and 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 alleviate some of the uh, problems that they're going through financially. You know, you can't pay your 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 um your mortgage. You can't buy food. You got to sit on uh, like I said, it's a damn shame when we actually have transit workers uh, sitting up on food pantry lines. It's 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 ridiculous. And as a president, he doesn't care about that. Samson is making out like a bandit. Uh, I, I would love to know what their health care benefit is. I would love to know are they paying. And to their healthcare benefits up at the international. I would love to know more about this golden parachute that I keep hearing about that, after, <laughs> that they get after five years. I mean, these are things that we we have to question. And as a membership, we can't sit back. We have to chide our. We have to blow up our fucking e-board yeah. because that e-board and the members are lousy to sit there and. Like I said, you most people don't even know who their e-board members are. They sit there with them every day, and they don't even know who their e-board members are. If we have a divisional meeting. In order to put something on next month's meeting uh, agenda, we supposed to discuss it at the previous uh, meeting. How come they're not doing it at the e-board? How come we don't know what the agenda is of the next e-board meeting? While e-board members don't come down and talk to us. If you ask these, uh, ask any of the e-board members, what is Robert Rules of Order? You'd be lucky if you could find somebody that can tell you what it is. <laughs> okay, I mean it's a protocol that out that all of our meetings are supposed to operate under, but they don't. Because again, we we the e board just sits there and they do the bidding of the president. That's not their job. It's not Earl Phillips' job to do the bidding of the president. Earl Phillips' job is to maintain the finances of the local and make sure that we operate in the black. That's Earl Phillips' job. Uh, Latanya Chris Soare. It's not her job to sit there and do Samuelson's bidding. When I sit there and I watch that sticker rally. That was at two Broadway and I'm watching all these people just standing. They just looking in awe like somebody was saying something that was so profound <laughs> that that I mean, they just staring. They was, it was it's ridiculous that here it is. I got people that's being paid. e members were released for the day to attend that meeting. And what did they do for the rest of the day? What were they doing for the rest of the day? Well, I'm paying you. What are you doing for the rest of the day? Well, for I understand they had a meeting before they went down there. Mm-hmm. So they had a meeting and then they went down there. But what was so corny about that rally or whatever you want to call it was that everything was Xerox. Right. They couldn't even be original and write original things. You should have called a, a flash rally down there and had members fill out real stickies and put them all over the place. If you claiming you could bring out 7,000, 8,000, 10,000 people, then put that 10,000 stickies on it. Have them fill out multiple stickies. It could have been 100,000 stickies on that wall. Right. I mean, what's going on with the contract negotiations? Are you are you making any headway? Have you even started talking about money? I mean, I'm hearing uh, people telling me at ShopGate's J.P. Patafio, the vice president of my division, is going around telling people that they're talking about 2%. Now, as I explained before, the MTA budgeted 2% into their their uh for, for labor already. So if you're talking about 2%, you ain't getting nothing any damn way that they haven't already budgeted for you to get. So what are you giving up for that 2%? What's going on in contract negotiations? Why do I have to wait until January 7th to find out where we at? Are, uh, you know, are things moving along? Has any department made any inroads? I mean, what's going on at, at, at contract? I mean, 
No, no contract updates of any. It's it's a shame that. And then when progressive action starts pushing them, then you want to start talking about, oh, this one's jeopardizing. That one's jeopardizing the contract. How the fuck could <laughs> could could uh, Ed Watt jeopardize the contract before it even started? What did Ed Watt say? <laughs> no, I'll tell you what happened. The contract negotiation started already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, and why, how are we supposed to know? November 15th is supposed to start. Right. But and why was on the show October, what, 10th or something crazy October, like that? Yeah, something like right. that, yeah. What, what right. are y'all getting nervous for? Right. What did he say? I, I'm still waiting for somebody to say. I, I, I look at uh, the, the, the uh, emails that Steve Down sends out. And what was You the get those? Title? Yeah. What was the <laughs> title of it? Is it a mistake or is it a lie? So I'm going to ask the same question of them. Is it a mistake or is it a lie? Is it a mistake that y'all told us that the MTA had the money before the last contract and then now you're telling us that they didn't have the money before the last contract? Is it a mistake or is it a lie? Let let me ask you you this, Harry. Everybody who has spoke out against the Samuelson administration got attacked. Never at one time have they called you out. Because they know I'm telling the truth. I mean, <laughs> when I sit up there and I tell people that the, the goal of this administration was to stall. Now, you think if that wasn't the truth, they would have been out there, hell come hell in high water. Who would say that you lying? Everybody oh. that I named. <laughs> Everybody that I named that it was at the meeting. None of them have come out and said that I was lying about this, the whole stalling tactic. Now, they want to say, oh, you know, we got to move forward. You know, he's talking about the past. Well, unfortunately, that past has led into this future. Well, mm-hmm. they well they like to talk about the past of the shop gates. Right. They like to talk about two thousand two of the shop gates. Right. They right. like to, they like to talk about two thousand two. How the, the union gave the, the HB the health benefits <laughs> management just like that. Yeah, it, 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 it's a shame that again, and that's why I said I have a big problem with the uh, shop steward classes. I think you should be in every location, every locker room. Lord knows you got enough people on staff to get this done. You have every every crew room. You should be there educating the members, not giving them basics. Because if you spend enough time in the depot, you could teach them everything. Or if you spend enough time in that locker room, if you spend enough time in the crew room, you spend enough time in the lunch room, I don't care where it is, anywhere that our members work, uh, if they're doing any type of work, there's a place for them to change. Hold a class in the locker room. I don't give a damn where it is, but this is something we have to do because you're not serious when you're only doing 35, 40 people every six months. You can, we 40,000 strong. You're 40,000 strong. You got to educate everybody. If you, if you want your troops to be strong, then educate them. But that's the key. Do they want the troops to be strong? No, they strong? don't. They no, don't, don't want to produce troops like me. Mm-mm. No. Hell no. <laughs> and, they don't want, Hell and, they, no. and they don't want people like you, any of us, right? Yeah. That's right. They, you know? they, they, if, they, if they have 50 of me running around terrorizing them, and they, they bitching and moaning now, because I'm the target of everything that they fucking do. I say anything wrong, they magnifying it 100 times, and, and it's blowing up in their face. Right, like this scab nonsense. Right. Right. This but, is basically they just keep running it into the ground. And what happened for an imaginary strike? The right. Samuelson paperwork pops up exactly. when that happens. Exactly. Right. But see, the biggest thing is the biggest problem that you did was when you started talking about percentages and you broke those percentages <laughs> to, down to, into to, dollars no, yeah. and cents. That was your biggest. <laughs> that was the biggest problem that they had with you because <laughs> now. I can't come down and say two, three, two percent, three percent. You broke it down in the dollar figures. That's the one thing they don't want. They don't want the members to know, well, shit, I'm only in five years, I'm only gonna get another three dollars. And trust me, you see that spreadsheet that they they come out with 
during when the contract ratified and you go get this, that. Right. As soon as they spit out some official numbers, I'm going to come through with that same thing for every title. This is what you make now. This is what you're going to be making. You going to accept this or not? That's right. And see, that that's their biggest problem is that you're coming out with facts. That's the fear of anybody that, that want to keep people under. You don't want them to get facts. You don't want them to get smart. You don't want them to really know what's going on. Because the minute that you start, like I said, the minute you start educating people, I can't put nothing over on you. If I want to come and sell you who's a witzes, and you don't know that there's no such thing as who's a witzer, and I'm going to make that <laughs> shit sound fantastic, you're going to come and you're going to buy a whole bunch of who's a witzes mm-hmm, from me. Mm-hmm. Okay? But then once you get educated that there's no such thing as a who's a witzer, I can't sell it to you then. And right. what's crazy, I don't believe that some of these reps even know the dollar the, the term percentage into a dollar amount. No, they don't. They, they don't. don't. And they know, they and you know, I just put out some information that the minority in New York City Transit is 76%. Yeah, I saw that. I didn't even, fact, I think I have it here. I didn't even know it was that high. Yeah. Because what, what made me think about it, because I found some literature in the crew room the other day, the MTA released some some report thing like for the for the members and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and it said seventy percent. I said, "Damn, I ain't know it was seventy percent." I didn't know it was that high either. So I 76. said, "You know what? Let me I do like, some. Ooh. Let me do some research." Yeah, I seen seventy six. Now that speaks a lot. <clears throat> I mean, you you say exactly. You say that you don't believe Samuelson is a racist. I think that he is. I don't think he have to come out and say that. You know, he hate black people or he don't talk to black people, but he's running a membership with mostly minorities mm-hmm. and, and, and he's not treating us right. No. Right. And basically the actions speak louder than words, because, again, you just find again, when it comes to Italian Day and those other couple of those other and Irish Day, of course, you know, you're there for no, no matter what. It could be ten a foot of snow outside. You're there. But when it comes to. African Black, Black History Day, Month. Black History Month and the African American Day Parade. Where are you? But see, the the biggest problem is is again, you, you look at the people who he who he purchases, and that's the term I'm going to use uh, again with these uh, with this labor benefit account. Look at the people that he purchased. You're purchasing uh, Hispanics. You're purchasing blacks. That's going to go out there and do your bidding for you. And unfortunately, these people don't go out there and they don't bid and they don't they don't fight as hard for these other days as they do for Irish Day and 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 uh, Italian Day and so on and so forth. Um, you you our our unfortunately our union has become a party union. Our union has become a parade union. Um, there's no real fight in this union. There's no militancy. As a matter of fact, I was listening to the Juan Gonzalez. Uh, interview today. That was a great interview. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Because again, there is no militancy in this union. I mean, I haven't heard one thing talking about discipline. I haven't heard one thing since this administration has been in office that they've talked about doing something about the discipline that we face. Um, It's not about just going down there making deals. But one of the things that Samuelson is very apt at, he's buying people. That was one of the reasons why I resigned. Because I saw that that's what it was all about. It was all about buying your support. I don't, I'm not going to support you because of the amount of money that you're going to pay me. I'm going to support you because you're doing the right job. I don't give a damn who it is. If you're doing the right job by me, like I said, people said so much about Norman Seabrook. Norman Seabrook took care of his people. All of this time that Samuelson got his lips firmly planted on the governor's ass, as he talking to the governor <laughs> about uh, tier six, as he talking to the governor about a variable supplement that police and, and correction is getting. 
Uh, are you talking to him about these things? Are you talking? What are you talking to him about other than he's, he called you up and goes, Samuelson, I want you to do X, Y, Z, and this is what you're doing. And the thing that kills me, like I said, we have an e-board that don't know anything. That, and that, that's that's, that's a bad, the biggest yeah, problem. That's a, that is a big problem. That's a big problem. Now, because, you know, you, you, you brought, you made me think about something. You know, Samuelson, I noticed when it comes to black events, he only comes to the ones that the governor go be at. Mm-hmm. I noticed that mm-hmm. the the West End West Indian Day Parade, the African Day Parade, the governor's at. Now, when you look at Italian Day, they booking actors to come down to for Italian Day, but the president don't of the of the local don't come to to um, Black History Month celebration. And you mentioned something before. I think it was on one of one of the first shows that you was on that Samuelson he picks either blacks, Spanish people. To go down to these different states to garner, what, what, what was it, the bike shares or something like right, that? Right, right. That's racist stuff to me. Mm-hmm. To me, that's that's pure racism. Like, what do you you using them? It's like new slaves. Right. <laughs> but see, it's it's those people that are doing his bidding has to understand what happened during slavery. It wasn't white people that was catching blacks in Africa. It was other blacks that was catching. I, I feel like we're living through that all over again because you you look at Earl. Earl was somebody that was very mild-mannered, very mild-mannered. All of a sudden, he gets this power, and all of a sudden, he's like this, I'm the man. I mean, with a little bit of chess he got, he tries to stick it out on me. I mean, he tried to stick it out on me in the, um, <laughs> in the, in, in the diner. You know, it, it's I a shame apologize. That, that you're not doing the bidding for the membership the way you're supposed to, because, see, Samuelson is their ride to 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 financial freedom exactly okay that's who he is to them like i said if i wanted to stay up there and keep my mouth shut i could have stayed there that's something that i could have done and you would have been dangerous because you were you were intelligent motherfucker yeah, <laughs> in good sense we used to have conversations and and our own uh um marvin hollins charlie jenkins curtis tate um, all these are brothers, okay? We used to have conversations about what was going on up there and how the, the level of respect and the lack of respect that was going on up there with some of the Caucasians that was up there, especially Nick Bedell and, and Steve Downs because Earl was the Secretary of Treasury. When I was the Chief of Staff, Earl told, we used to have meetings and Earl would tell everybody that they had to provide me with a report uh, every week. The only person that provided me was a, with a report was David Francis, who was the head of the election committee. Nobody else uh, provided me with a report. Earl never did anything because he knew that he couldn't do anything because he knew Samuelson would never allow him to do anything. And that was my other problem. If you're hiring me, if you want me to be your chief of staff, I'm supposed to be a stopgap. I'm supposed to be the one that's supposed to look out budget and so on and so forth. I'm looking out for these things and you're telling me, you know, I, I, I rule differently than you do. I'm supposed to. That's what a chief of staff is supposed to do. I'm not supposed to. I'm supposed to be the gatekeeper, not only for you, but for the finances. If I see someone wants to get something printed up in, 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 the print, in our print shop and it's not cost effective or it has nothing to do with the local, then I'm going to deny that. I'm going to smack it down. But then what they would do, they would go to John and John would okay it. And I had to tell him time and time again, John, stop doing that to me. Because, again, what, what is the purpose of my job? I believe they getting those uh, progressive action propaganda posters printed up probably printed at, the up at the Union yeah. Hall. Yeah. So much of the stuff is being done at the Union Hall. If you look at, at the, I don't know if you received the email. I think I posted it on progressive action where they were talking about, I think uh, the Daily News did an ed op piece 
Yeah, on, yeah, I on, seen on, that. Yeah. Now you're on 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 what on on the assault and, and the, the advertisement okay. and the MTA. So, but you 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 they claim that as uh, we're winning the court of public opinion. How? 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 <laughs> How? That was an editorial that was written by uh, the Daily News editor. That wasn't something that millions of people wrote in agreeing with you on. So how do you, t- do you talk? And I can guarantee you again that Samuelson did not put that piece together. See, there is no controls being done with the communications department. Okay? There is no controls done. Everybody's doing their own thing. Nobody comes. People come to work when they want to. If they don't want to, whatever time they want to. Members need to understand that your money is not being spent wisely. It's not being spent wisely. You have more attorneys than you need. Okay? Uh, Because, again, you only have hearings. I think the only day that you don't have hearings is on Friday. So you don't need seven, eight, nine attorneys. You, uh, The money that you're spending on Arthur Swartz. Again, Arthur Swartz is, is, can be a very good attorney. But then there's a lot of times that you're just wasting stuff. You're just wasting. Like I said, we're trying to, you're going to go to court to try to force the MTA to take your money to put these ads up. On, on, and again, ads that, that's not going to do anything for you. I don't even understand why they don't leaflet the public, have one-on-one interaction with the public. Like, nobody looking at no advertisements. Right. Samuelson need to do a, a real president. If I'm the president of this local, this is what I'm doing. You see how when you get on the train and you're sitting up there, you're trying to read your newspaper, and all of a sudden you hear, good morning, good afternoon, whatever, <laughs> so-and-so. I, I, I could be out here robbing people, but I'm not. So, And I want your contribution. Samuelson needs to get up. Him and his and, and the rest of this, this administration go on the trains, go from car to car, get on the buses and address the public that way. You know, point out to them, y'all get on these trains, you get on these buses, and 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 you, I, you, I guarantee you, not one of y'all can tell me what the what color your 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 your, your conductor is, what color your train operator is, who who gave you tokens this morning, or excuse me, who gave you a metro card this morning. These are the things that he needs to be out there talking to the public and making it personal. Because me as a member, I would appreciate that a hell of a lot more than what you're doing. Get out there, go train to train, go bus to bus, go out there and stand at, at, at some of the major hubs and, and, and talk to people, you know, that way. I mean, be personable. Don't stand up there and do this this ad that most people when I get on when most people get on the train or whatever, their face is down in their PDAs or you know, their phones or whatever the case may be. Damn, I just dated myself saying PDAs. <laughs> PDAs. Okay. But um their phone, they, they, they're not looking up at the advertisement. Their phone is, they're looking in their phones, they're listening to music. They're trying not to look at anybody, okay? But I think if you if you got on the trains and you got on the buses and you went out there and you talked to the public, then they would be able, you, you have a dialogue because then they could ask you questions, you could answer them. They don't want that type of dialogue. I'll tell you this, even, even something better, they could do exactly what these mu- musicians is doing. Get right. them an amp. Plug your own TV up there. But get a go buy a sixty-inch TV and have the advertisements or the assaults. Have a whole array of mm-hmm. of advertisement going on. You could go to Forty Second Street. You could go to all the major terminals right. and do this stuff. Right. Spend a couple of about ten thousand dollars to get that done. That's right. Oh, I mean, you're talking about. I think they they say the price for those ads was one hundred and eighty thousand dollars. One hundred eighty thousand. Yeah. Take that money and go buy some some uh some some gift cards to Dunkin' Donuts and stuff because everybody damn everybody wants a cup of coffee or something like that. And then again, as you hand in these cards, have a petition out there so that the public can sign stating that they support. 
support you. And they get a free gift card. And they card. get it right. And, they, and give them a gift card. I mean, there's so many different ways that you could spend that money. But again, that's what happens when there's no lack of thought process going on at this union hall. Like I said, when I believe that this this whole assault thing came about by Nick Bedell. Same thing with the rat campaign that happened <laughs> I in 2012. Forgot about that. <laughs> you know, let's eliminate all rats from the subway system. How the really? hell can you do that? Really? Then you had an ugly rat contest. To where you had the public taking pictures of rats. How is that going to get me a contract? <laughs> I wonder how many pictures of Willie yeah, popped right. up. <laughs> <laughs> now, basically, <laughs> now basically, I want to go back to this upcoming contract. I want to. I want to. I want to say that one thing that I do fear is that they're going to pull the same thing again that they pulled. In 2014, with this, you know, the last contract where they have another, they're gonna sneak in, they're gonna find another way to ask the MTA for a certain amount of money, and it could be higher this time. It could be ten million dollars, mm-hmm. but they're gonna find a way to sneak it in there. See, probably this time it won't be straight up blatantly here. Here's six. Here's here's ten million dollars. But what's going on is. If you didn't get your new Aetna card yet, mm-hmm. the union logo was on the Aetna card. I got card. it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I got two, actually. You got two? Yeah, I really? you get two? How you I get only two? got one. Yeah, yeah I got one a co- uh, last week, and then I just got another one yesterday. Because on my card, it's got all me and my all my kids on the one right. card. So I feel sorry for somebody that got nine that got mad dependents. Yeah, it's just me. <laughs> okay. You know, it's just me, and I got my second card yesterday. Okay. <laughs> oh, so they give more than one card out then? Why? I mean, if I had children or something, and they was, you know, I mean, I they put my that. son on my card. I, I, I ain't like that. Yeah, they put all my. But anyway, but basically, what I'm saying is that you never know if there was some type of backdoor sneaky way that they're gonna that they that the union will get the money from MTA and they will be dumping it into our health benefits. You know, they will be responsible. You know, even though the management will still be controlling it, right? But they would just be giving the money to the union. To dump into the fund, you never know because when it's like that, it's like okay, now you could get sticky fingers mm-hmm. and take a, some of that money, skim off that money as you you know as you need it, okay, to put into another slush fund, right? But then you gotta, it's like you gotta be careful because I definitely don't want this administration, you know, handling something like that, and then you know we have what we had before back with the old with the old regime to where you know now. Our health benefits would go underfunded, or the bill wouldn't be paid. Right, but see that that when when they kept talking about it was Roger's fault that the uh, that the MTA controls the benefits and this that and the other. First of all, Roger changed something that was broke. He changed something that was broke. He fixed something that was broke. He uh, he made it back into a defined benefit as opposed as opposed to a defined contribution. So. To sit up there and say, well, we have no control over anything. No, Roger also put something in there to where you're supposed to have meetings and talk about these things. Have they been having these meetings? Have they been talking to it? Did it happen? Did the same thing happen that happened the last time when they changed over to Empire Blue Cross and Blue Shield? That there was only one meeting that we attended. And that time I attended that meeting. And by the time I attended that meeting, they had already decided on what providers we were going to use. ATU was at those meetings. We weren't. So you have to wonder and question, is the same thing happening again? Now, Samuelson, another narrative he's going out there telling people uh, when he's shop gating is uh, he's fighting for better benefits. How? When they already got a new provider and it starts January. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. so, what do you, 
So what so, do you fight? What benefits are you so, fighting for? So I'm going to ask the question again, a la Steve Downs. Was that a mistake or was it a lie? <laughs> <laughs> See, now, now, going back to thinking about was the contract done already, why would they change health plans in the contract year? You would think it is to save money. You would, that's what you would think, that it's to save money, because I don't see the purpose of changing uh, uh, providers if it's not to, to save yourself any money. And if you are saving money, is that money being passed down to us? Again, I have seen no financial figures about anything uh, as far as with the, the health care benefits, uh, the, the, the MTA's budget. You, I, we have seen no financial figures whatsoever on any of these issues. Uh, again, did the union do like they did uh, in 2012? Did they hire an actuary to go in and look at these numbers? If they did, where is the, where are these reports? Where are the reports that tells you this is what you know? This is what this cost. They're going to spend X amount of dollars. Or we're projecting that they're going to spend X amount of dollars, and if they do this, that, and the other, they could save X amount of dollars, and then those savings should be passed on to the membership. Where is that actuary report that the union supposedly should have? They should have had that a long time ago because, again, if he was having the meetings that Roger has set up in the contract, then you would be able to collect that information from the MTA, and then you would be able to have an actuary look at that information. Well, they, they, you think they would release that information to us because they had a problem with me taking the, um, the monthly financial reports and putting it up on the internet and saying that I'm gonna mess up their negotiations of what how much money we got in the union. Right. How the hell we go do how the hell that's go what one got to do with the other? Well, because see what it is is again, they don't want they don't want to disclose because they figure they they, they well the MT you know, we're gonna bullshit the MTA and ask them for money. Yeah, but or we're gonna the, bullshit Governor Cuomo and say, Listen, I, we need this and we need that. Yeah, but it's what what they what they go what the MTA will do, give um the union money directly, they don't got nothing to do with them. No, not directly, but through the contract, via the contract, just like what they did before with the $6 million. I don't believe one got anything to do with the other. They, no, no, no. I, I know what you're trying to say, but I'm trying to tell you the angle where they may be thinking. That's a weak fucking name. It, it, they whole narrative is weak. Assaults for money. Like Harry said in the beginning, how much well, am I worth? How much am I worth? How much right. am I worth? How much am I worth? But, but not only, like right. I said, either the other scary part of it is, is that you have done nothing to protect me yeah. since 2012. Absolutely nothing yeah. to protect me. And then now you're going to sit up and say, well, I should get paid for getting cut, stabbed, but beat you, the but, crap up but, or whatever. But this is what happens next. All right. They pay us for it. Whatever the amount be. The public get wind of this. Oh y'all, we go. They a punching bag. Oh, we, they they getting paid like we boxing, right? We you getting paid to get hit now, and especially with a with a fare increase coming up next year. Come on, I mean you 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 playing right into everybody's hand with with this with the uh, narrative that they're using, and that's what I said. There's no real thought process. There's no game of chess that's being played. That if we say this, what are they going to say? If we do this, what are they going to do? These people just sit up there and come up with this stuff, and the, the executive committee sit there and go, good idea. Good idea. Yeah, let's use assaults in order to get raises. Like, I, like, like I, I'm put on um, progressive action the other day. I said I would get my buses, because they got buses riding around circling to Broadway. My buses will say um, the MTA is racist, and they robbing the public in fair hikes. Right. <laughs> Plain and simple. Let the MTA figure it out. That's a bad look. 
for you to have people have buses in front of your business saying that you racist. Yeah, there has been again, there has been no public campaign going after the MTA from our union. Absolutely zero. Why would he do that? Zero. He's one of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He's the that's, biggest manager we got in and, TW Local. And 100. that's what I said. People need to stop. And I spoke about this on the on the first show. Stop with the friendship stuff, okay? Because your friends are killing you. They're, they're killing you. <laughs> I mean. Your friends are sitting up there making $100,000 and better. You're struggling. Like, you know, we talked about before, if you want to go on vacation, you got to work overtime in order to go on vacation. You want to buy something, you got to work, you got to buy. These people are not, I mean, then you're talking about a 40-hour work week. They're working less than 40 hours and they're making over $100,000. Come on. right. If they come into work. Right. So, I mean, again, we have to get smarter and stop thinking that somebody's our friend when they're doing so much better. I mean, I've never seen a union that, has the opportunity to bring members together, and they don't like this like this administration. You had the opportunity, progressive action, everybody had offered. You think because I'm sitting up here telling you that I want more than a 3% raise that I got a problem? <laughs> that's how they gonna make it yeah, feel. That's the way you make it, you're trying to make people feel. Because progressive action is going out there saying, we deserve more. I don't wanna hear fair, because fair is, is, is based on whose perception. Right. Okay, right. so I don't wanna hear fair. I want a living wage because a living wage basically look at the economy, look at what it is it costs here, it costs to live in this city. Okay, so many people have, like you said, are vanquishing, are moving out to uh, Philadelphia, I mean, Pennsylvania, Delaware, and so on and so forth. And then now that's another uh, expense that they have to pay in order to commute back here in order to work. Right. You know, let's say nine percent or a nine percent raise. For this union and membership back in the days, in the 90s and the 80s or whatever, it was a big thing. Right. Because, like, the cost of living was cheaper and it didn't, you know, and the rents and everything was cheaper and you didn't have technology. Right. You know, I told Trebell and I told a couple of people that, you know, I'm excellent at studying history, different, part, different parts of history. So it's like when I think about our parents, right? There were a lot of jobs here in New York back, mm-hmm. you know, 50, 60 years ago. More jobs than you could count. People migrated here Exa- for them, People right. migrated here for them. Right. Jobs, like I said, unions was unions were tough and military strong and oh, forget about it. So, but but anyway, what I'm trying to say is that out the, the way it is now, our parents did, you know, depending upon how old you are and how old they are, our parents did better than we are doing. They did better back in their day than we're doing now. Correct, correct. Because- Let's say if you take a conduct a conductor salary, um, your base salary of sixty six grand, and let's say you make a you make a thousand over. So let's just say sixty seven grand for arbitrary number, right? Mm-hmm. So now let's say after you pay your rent and after you pay for your cell phone and after you pay for your tablet, basically technology now that's needed. It's not even a luxury. Like I said, you need your computer at home, right? Because now you got BSC and all of the stuff. They want you to do all these things via at home via computer because they got rid of uh, all these people down and when they li- down the Livingston Street. Right. Okay, so now here it is. Basically, you have to keep up with all these things in life. Now, what are you left with after you, after you feed yourself and pay your rent and pay for technology and and, and do and do put kids on and put clothes on your kids back? 
what are you left with? What are you left with? Exactly. I you mean, understand? So that's what I mean where I say, this is what I mean where I say, when you go in there, these are the things that you have to present to the MC and you have, you have to let them know that you're not stupid. You understand what I'm saying? Because these are because these people sit there and they think we're stupid. First of all, there's one strike against us that, again, going back to these stats right. here, mm-hmm. mo- mo- mostly black, 76% That's right. That's right. in Spanish. Okay, so basically they, they already think you're, you're stupid anyway. Okay, well, they because, because they because they know what they're doing as far as education and everything. Right. So now, basically, this is what I mean. And then this administration only just makes the, it, it just proves them right. Yeah. Well, that minority report that that includes Asian everybody but Caucasian. Everybody. So it's it's not only black. The black percentage in New York City transit, I believe, is forty eight or forty nine percent, which is half by itself. Mm-hmm. Blacks, right? You know what I'm saying? Which is a huge. Huge number, right? Compared to everybody else, because what's 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 that? What's left? Twenty four percent for Caucasian or, mm-hmm. or other, maybe, right? About twenty four percent, but forty eight percent is, is African American, and that's what they see. That's right. A little over twenty percent white. It's yeah, a little over twenty percent. Yeah. That's what I'm looking here. But when they see again that the people that are supposed to be negotiating for us, when they see that they are totally unprepared, when they see what their narrative is, when they see that again we're we're uh, about a month or so into so-called contract battle, and you have still have not heard anything else other than the assaults. I mean, you're supposed to be attacking this this contract on several different phases. When do you move to the next phase? Right. You know, I have, I, I don't think there is another phase because again. If there is, where is it? I mean, come on, you should have put it out there already. Again, the lack of information that is is put out there. The members must desert, must demand better. The med- the members have to demand better. When you sit here in progressive action and we demanding better, you turning around and you trying to turn the, the the membership against progressive action because they're demanding better, and then some people are actually falling for that. Come on now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, what are we, exactly what are we saying here at the radio station and in the group? That's so bad. Right. We deserve more money. We deserve uh, a, a safer job. We deserve uh, uh, better occupational. I mean, there is not a department. The train operator's compartment is not uh, occupationally safe. The conductor's compartment is not occupationally safe. Bus operator compartment is not safe for us occupational, occupationally. I mean, you have so many different issues that you could be attacking this contract on, but you're stuck on one. You're just stuck on one. Yeah. I mean, there's so many different things. I mean, again, um, how many young men out here can't produce babies anymore because this, this bus operators because they're sitting on it, you know, so, so long again. <laughs> so, so, again, how many females under the same thing because of the jostling of the trains, the jostling of the buses, the chemicals of cleaners that they, they may be in, inhaling all the time. There's so many different things that this union could have addressed. Uh, I was uh, listening last week when uh, Brother Staley brought up um, the naming of the stations uh, uh, with the Barclay Center. And he stated that that's, that was a bad thing because the station is being cleaned by private, private cleaners. Yeah. How the hell did that happen? How did that happen? It's still a train station. It's still run by the MTA. Even though the Barclay may be paying uh, the MTA for the naming rights to that station. Now, in my opinion, if you wanted to raise money, that's another way that you can do it. Think about how much you can charge a company for the naming rights of Grand Central Station or Penn Station. 
I mean, because again, that those are stations that millions and millions of people travel through every day. I mean, you're talking about the Barclays Center. How much money are they paying to for the naming rights to the Barclays Center? How many? How much money are they paying for all of these? Airlines? I mean, in the Barclays Center, they pay transit to run extra trains, right? Specials, right? They pay them to run specials during during events. So oh, really, it's, it's on the website. Yeah. They pay. I mean, they don't say the amount, but the Barclays Specials, the Barclays Center pay transit to run those extra Long trains. Island Railroad oh, and, and the Subway, yes. Oh, okay. So that's what I'm saying. You're talking about that's another way for you to produce more operational funds. Because again, and, and again, it should be no allowance where you're going to turn around and, and say, well, we're going to um, put private cut. No, it's still transit. It still belongs to us. It's still our members that should be cleaning it. It's still our, our members that should be operating those stations. It should be no private companies. Anything that transit is doing anywhere that they are, like at 2 Broadway, as a matter of fact, there should be uh, property protection agents down there, not private security. Right. At 180 right Livingston, yeah. there should be uh, property protection agents down there, not private security. Those, not, those are Wait, property. Well, those are property yeah. at 130. At, well, not at 180. Not at 180, right. no. Not, not at 180. But right. at 130. Oh, yeah, 130. Because I know last time I went, there was a property yeah, protection right. agent. Matter of fact, their office is there. Right. Right. Now, yeah. don't tell me because we're leasing these locations, that's why they could add. No, if I'm leasing it, then I'm putting in that lease that I want my own people uh, operating it. It's just that damn simple. Yeah, but that's the MTA. Right, but they can still do it. But then why would they do that when these guys, the, with these security firms, they contracting them out for cheap. The workers, they're probably getting like $12 an hour. But see, we're, we're at a point that we have to start producing work for our members. Because, again, if we don't, if you look at technology, technology is coming. Technology is, is going to end a lot of jobs in transit. Yeah. So we have to start preparing for, for that technology. Like, again, you look at what's going on with the station agents and stuff that's going on, and they, you know, things they're trying to get, get uh, do them. Who's supplying and who's fixing and working on the MetroCart machines? You know, who's supplying? Who's, who's putting the, 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 um, the receipts back in there? Who's refilling these MetroCart machines? There's got to be, we have to start again as a union. We have to start looking at different ways to keep going. Again, because uh, again, we're going to start losing money. We're going to start losing money because our dues and our membership is going to be cut because of technology. We need to get on top of that now. Don't wait for it to happen like uh, this administration has been doing right now. Right. And and basically, that's what I mean when I say going back to our raises and wages and stuff. It's like, you know, basically everybody has to. Well, I know the membership agree with you, would agree with me, but basically the MTA needs to understand and this this leadership needs to understand what to go in there and what to ask for. Right. You know, because basically when you talk about technology, listen, we need at least, you know, and and again, at the, the you know, that's a bare minimum, you know, 15% over the three years, you mm-hmm. know. Like I said, of course, it could be more, but basically that should be a bare minimum now. Right. Going up because, again, this isn't back in the days. And that's what one thing people need to take their mind out from back in the days. From what I understand, uh, JP going around saying that nobody in America is getting more than two percent. That's what he. That's what he told at the the Grand Ave Shopgate last week. Wow. So what did Delta Airlines those airline pilots? They, they get? playing the shuck and jive game, talking about those ain't transportation. So what are they? So what are they? What do they? But but okay. So you you can't be the leader. You can't. That, I you, thought we was trendsetters, right? You. That's what I'm saying. You can't. You can't <laughs> go out there. Just say, look, I can't make it happen. 
You know, there, I have no idea on how to make it happen. And I refuse to talk to anybody that may have an idea. I refuse to talk to the leaders of progressive action because they have good ideas and they may know how to get something done that I may not know how to get things done. I mean, you can push, I can pull. It doesn't matter as long as we're going in the same goddamn direction. Mm-hmm. And see, that's the problem that this administration doesn't understand. Everything doesn't have to be political. We're here to help. We're here to move everything along because, again, we're not making $100,000 for doing nothing. We have to kill ourselves in order to make that kind of money. So if I'm sitting around and I'm saying that I may have an idea, and these are conversations that we should have been having a long time ago. It's too late for those conversations now because you haven't done the prep work in order to get any of this stuff done. So these are conversations. If you were serious about this contract, you would have started during the last one. Just like for the next upcoming contract after this one, you should be already started working on that contract. You should already be uh, putting things in place to work on the next contract, not just sitting here concentrating on this one. You should be moved because that's how the MTA is operating. That's right, yeah. That's how they're operating. They're already, anything that they're looking to put into place now is going to affect the next contract. See, what we do in reverse, we sit around and we give them a five-year contract, last contract, and then now we do want to turn around and talk about, well, we want to get it back down to three. How much is that going to cost us? <laughs> how much is that? See, we're bargaining against ourselves. Basically. That's what we're doing. And, and people need to understand, it. well, uh, we want to get it back down to uh, three years of top pay. That's, that's, that's a cost now. Mm-hmm. Why the hell did you give it up from the get-go? You think he gave it up or it was just about default? Well, he actually stolen? went to them the night that the contract ended in 2012. He went to them and offered that to them for the new hires. They came back with the figures and they told him how much it was. And his exact response was word for word. I cannot do that because if I did, I would not get reelected. It boggles me as to why the Samuelson administration don't work out with us. I mean, work with us and, 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 and do something positive for the membership. Yeah, it, it boggles me. Again, it's not about politics because if you were smart and if you was thinking and if you're saying to myself, well, these guys got some good idea. If I if I call them in and we all sit down and talk, first of all, the members are going to look at that and say, I'm being inclusive. And then if these ideas work, I'm the president. I'm getting the credit for it. Exactly. I'm the one that's, you know, even though, you know, we're going to but it, it's not that type of thinking that's going up there. These guys are so busy worrying about the next freaking election. That's what they're concerned about. And that's about. it, exactly. That's what they're concerned Samuelson about. Samuelson don't understand how big he'll look reaching out to us and figuring out how can we work out something. If he was smart. Bring exactly. Your, bring your people and, you know, we all get in the room and we, we talk about some things. Right. Exactly. And basically, because just like, you know, me and Tremella spoke, you know, and we said, listen, when progressive action started, we were neutral. Right. Like I said, we wasn't right. like I said, we wasn't all, you know, chummy chummy with Transport Workers United and everything. You know what I'm saying? We don't even know where they came we from. Right. Exactly. <laughs> we were like I said, we were right, now that we think about it. We were neutral. We were neutral. We were where like, where okay, did they come from? I don't know. I don't know. No disrespect, Joe. <laughs> but we don't know we don't know. Basically, it's like, okay. You know, basically, it, it, you know, it just became that way that where, you know, these guys were just going against us. And I don't know where that came from either. You because know even at the time when Steve Downs came here, we were still pretty much neutral. Right. We were still somewhat neutral at right. that point. But right. I would have to say, I think y'all are still neutral. I just think that. The, no, I don't know. No, 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 no. <laughs> let, let me explain that. Let because, me explain that. Okay. Let me explain that. The reason why I say that y'all are still neutral because y'all are fighting for the membership. Y'all are not fighting for 
any particular uh, political group, position. Political, right. right. That's why I say to me, y'all are still neutral. Y'all are fighting for the membership. Okay. And that's the one thing that these cats don't understand. Well, they do understand it because, again, you're threatening their position because they can't put shit out there. The whole thing is, is that as long as y'all are providing information for people, again, as I stated earlier, I can't go out there and tell people that I'm selling you who's a witness. And then every time <laughs> you're on the show, it just it kills them because there's no rebuttal. From you, yeah. Because again, it, it's it's a simple process. I mean, if we're all fighting together, which we all should be fighting together, they're the ones that are causing the animosity. They're the ones that's going out there talking about, oh, well, progressive action this and progressive action this and progressive action of scabs, and they're going to cross <laughs> the picket line. What picket line? The imaginary okay. picket line. The imaginary one, yeah, right? Like, like we talked about. We had, I can't even tell you how many people uh, crossed the last picket line. I think it was some, probably maybe 2,000 from what I heard. What happened to those people? What was the penalty for those people crossing the picket line? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. They still got the pay raises. They, they, they still paid their dues. They still, the, the leadership is still accepting their dues. Okay. What was the penalty for them crossing the picket line? Because, again, people looked into it, and then they was found out that there's really nothing you can do. Exactly. Because that's, that's again, that's their, their, their rights. They're right, yeah. That's their now, what's crazy is Not that. that I agree with it, because yeah. right. I don't I'm, want somebody to come out there about <laughs> Harry talking about scabbing. Exactly. Let, me tell you right. Let me tell you something, Harry. You done said so much shit on this show, all the shows. If they ain't going to say nothing now, then they ain't going to say nothing yeah. now. No, it's, it's just ridiculous of, 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 of an administration to sit back and see two brothers that's is literally fighting and the members got to understand that y'all are fighting because y'all are the members y'all are the membership y'all are the union so to sit up there and keep allowing somebody to sitting up in an office that's not doing anything and especially the other part that kills me with the with this administration is always talking about the retirees the retirees why don't they just sit back and retire why don't anita yeah. clinton just sit back and retire why don't oh, well, that, 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 no, sit back and retire that, that was the rtw guys why don't why don't Lloyd Archer? Oh no, the the, the uh, Steve Down. I mean not Steve Down. Uh, the JP crew. They've been saying it too. Why don't Lloyd Archer just sit back and retire? Oh, that was Willie telling. Um, Last Willie time telling, I checked, yeah. um, Steve Downs is retired. Right. Uh, Jimmy Manzella, who's mad cool with, who you got in charge of a retiree in charge of tier six, and somebody still got to explain that. Is Momo retired? Yeah. Momo retired. He's too. retired. I mean, you got so many retirees up there, but it's okay for them to say stuff as long as they're protecting like Samuelson. Yeah. As long as they're protecting Samuelson, it's okay for them to say something, but it's not okay for anybody else to say anything when they're attacking what Samuelson is not doing. Now, can you imagine if Samuelson reach out to us to have a, a pow pow? I still wouldn't fuck with Willie Rivera and them clowns. Well, no, hell no. I still wouldn't they, fuck with they, them. They'd be left on the outside. Exactly. And they, then they'll, they'll try to be our friend. Yeah. Then. Exactly. Now, you know, now, you know what's crazy? Like, Harry left them in 2012, right? Correct. Now, he's a he's a, a, a supporter of progressive action. If we were so negative, you think Harry would put himself in a line of fire to be with two negative people? Hell no. No, if I thought that y'all were not in, in, in acting in the best, best best of the membership, I wouldn't be sitting here now. There's Joe, no way in the world I would be sitting here. Joe I, wouldn't fuck with us. Right. Roger wouldn't fuck with us. <laughs> Nobody left, would mess with us. Especially, so. Yeah, especially yeah. between you, Joe, and Roger, they wouldn't fuck yeah, with I us. I left yeah. the administration, this administration, because they weren't operating in the best 
interest of the membership. That's what y'all guys are doing. Y'all are fighting for the membership. For free. Fight, yeah. Right. right. Y'all putting out <laughs> the free. money. But yet you're being attacked because you're saying we should be making more than 2%. <laughs> Somebody please. Now, now they so this is how foolish they is. We did something never done before. A radio show for the members to educate the members. They were supposed to use us. Pimp us. And that's what you would think that they would have done. <laughs> but they exactly. Had- I'm saying to myself, listen, if I was the if I was the president of the local and I see two of my members got a radio station or a radio show going, I'll be all over it. I'll be on every chance I get. Dude, we spent so much money. This union spent so much money rewiring uh one ninety five Montague Street. You have should have the capability to do your own radio show there. You should have the capability for Samuelson to do fireside chats coming into people's homes, talking <laughs> to them, and so on and so forth. There is no absolutely no reason for the lack of information that is that is happening right now. Absolutely no reason. Yeah. Because the you I mean again the the uh classes you could have given them online and and people could have came in online. The capability is there. Why aren't they? You spent the money. Why aren't you utilizing? Because it everything is right. Everything is so top secret to them, and, right. and they ain't telling no secrets. No. Right. And and then with all this equipment here, you're not talking about an actual. You know, equipment like this don't cost an astronomical amount of money. No. So and, and 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 that's money that they can afford. Let it, me tell you something. They spend five thousand dollars on stakes mm-hmm. to get information out to your members. That's priceless. You shouldn't have no problem going to spend $50,000. Exactly. When you get those robocalls during election time. How much those cost? That's coming from the union hall. So you mean to tell me you can't use those same robocalls to give out information of what's going on with this contract? Exactly. Okay. I mean, like I said, the capability is there. As a matter of fact, at one point, Roger had set up such an elaborate system at at 80 Western Avenue. Other unions was coming to us to use that system. That was set up there. But now you're talking about technology is 12 times better than what it was at 80 Western Avenue. And we have it at 195 Montague Street, but it's not being utilized. I mean, even with this this current membership, they so flustered and trying to fight us and go against us. We doing toy drives. We doing work in the community. We doing it in our transit uniforms to put a good light for my my people who's getting assaulted to put a new light in front of them. The union isn't doing that. Right. They just going with, oh, big crybabies. They ain't letting us do these advertisements. We go take them to court. The judge ruled against you. So now what's your next? Your ne- they, they still going to court again. They taking it higher. And I'm trying to figure out why. Take it to, take it to God if you got right. to. <laughs> By the time they get there, it's going to be done. Our members have to become more outraged on what's going on and what's taking place. They can't just sit back and allow these guys to do whatever they want to do without any repercussions. I mean, what are they doing with our money? What's going on? Like I said, uh, you got members that's out of work right now. And here it is. You're, you're paying people to do absolutely nothing. And, I, and if, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think I may have blew that up. That whole no work available thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. you did. Because that was a real quiet thing. And that's the problem with, with, with information in the union. People think they, if they, they situations are isolated. That it's only them. So when I blew it up, hold on. This person had that problem. That person had that problem. All right, what the union telling you? <sighs> Just no work available. They call me when there's work. Right. So what you doing for money? And another, they, they told they told me to go for a one shot deal. Go to welfare. Right. Don't do that. Go to unemployment. Soon as the MTA starts seeing what's going on, your ass go get back to work. Trust That's me. Right. 
And that's right. what happened. Right. Now, another thing, you know, which is what we talked about at Joe's meeting to, at the Transfer Workers United meeting tonight was probationaries. You know, basically you talked about how, you know, you don't need temporary workers. That probationary workers are being treated like temporary exactly. workers. That's, that's what they're doing. Exactly. Because now with these departments, particularly buses and RTO, you're talking about a high turnover and a high rate of members getting fired on probation. That's yeah. right. It's a revolving door. The right. MTA... The MTA saving money on on two fronts there. They not letting people get past probation, and they not letting people get the top pay. That's right. So if Harry Wells is at top pay right now, right, I could be a new bus driver. I could do the same work that Harry do, but I'm just doing it at a lower rate. You are doing the same work yeah, that yeah, Harry's yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah. But I, I'm doing I'm doing it at a lower rate. Right. So the MTA is like, let's just keep the revolving door. Exactly. Because at the end of the day. You keep a revolving door. At the end of the day, you don't got to pay pensions. You don't got to pay medicals too much. Because think about it. Your first year, they don't want you to go to the doctor. That's right. You got benefits. They don't want you to go to the doctor. They, the MTA lose money when you take sick days. So they, they say, if you take sick days, you, you, you go get punished. You go get extended. You got medical benefits, but you can't use it because if you out, you sick, you go get punished for it. So it's all a facade. They give you all this shit. That you can't use. Mm -hmm. I, I, I want to make a couple of quick points. Yeah, go ahead. Um, looking at some of the TA surface demands, uh, customer training program, union rep, uh, five days an issue, twice a year then thereafter. What, is, what, is, what does that mean? I don't understand that sentence. I, I don't understand it either. I mean, who is the customer training for? Is it for us? Because the last time I checked, we were already getting customer training. As Zariga. Yeah, we already get customer training. The other one. Uh, workplace violence, assault and harassment, and uh, our workplace violence. Therefore, we need a committee to investigate response times on the PRTT calls and SLT's interactions and training, de-escalating training for operators. We're already having that training, too. <laughs> Again, customer service training. They give us that, how to de-escalate an argument. That's already going on. I see so much. Winter coats, I'm still trying to figure out. Why would you be asking the transit authority for a winter coat as a bus as operator? As a bus operator, exactly. I don't, I don't want a winter coat because, again, if, I don't, if you give me the coat and I don't wear the coat, then guess what? You're going to give me another violation. Exactly. <laughs> okay? Uniform committee. You already got a uniform committee. The BOAC committee actually started out as a uniform committee. That's what the BOAC committee actually started out for when the whole issue uh, happened with the Muslim women uh, with the hijab and after 9-11. It was telling me that they had to wear it over their uh, – they had to wear uh, the transit hat over the hijab. So we already had a uniform committee. So I'm trying to figure out again what's the purpose. There's so many different things and not only just in the TA surface contract demands but also in the, the local wide demands that actually, like I said, it made no sense that you would wait – to, to straighten out some of these issues. I mean, the the fact that we, well, I mean, I can't wait because we gonna be able to transfer from New York City Transit to oh, uh, yeah. New Jersey Transit. Yeah. How how does that work? <laughs> how does that work? And I asked Willie about it. Willie said, "Well, you know, you gotta let the members. It's what the members put. But you, as an officer, don't you supposed to straighten it out and say, well, that can't happen? Yeah, it's your job. Sometimes it's your job as a union to save the membership from itself. For, yeah, <laughs> that's I mean, your job. I mean, how can we? Put that as a contract demand, but there's no promotion from Map Store to TA. Right. Right but, in your own house. But basically, you're talking about regional bus because people think regional bus just means in, in, in New York City. Regional bus, the premise of regional bus is actually 
including New Jersey and, and Connecticut. Connecticut. It's a region. That's yeah. and <laughs> the tri-state. Yeah. Right. So it, they want to actually uh, get together and, and form this big transit conglomerate that, you know, they're thinking that they're going to save money that way. But people don't understand. That's that's the premise of regional bus. And see, the, the unfortunate part of it is, is that we've become such overtown hounds that when Metro North went, went down, what did we do? We sent buses up to Connecticut to work. Mm. We send buses. People went up there for overtime. So now when they start implementing these things, how do you stop it? How do you stop it? We, I mean, there's so many things that's going on wrong here. I mean, to, to, in today's time to see the Liberty Line still don't have sick days. That's inhumane. That's, that's insane. That's uh, insane, yeah. The, the dispatching service out in Queens. First of all, uh, this union was, uh, was the union of them. They, they all lost their jobs. You brought them back, and then now you get them a contract that will basically get them, after five years, basically get them right below what they were making before they were fired. Wow. And you claim that's a victory. And, and, and it, it's too many instances of that to where our membership has to wake up and realize that you have an administration that's not fighting for you. They're giving you pennies and, and, and trying to tell you that you're doing good. You wait five years for a contract because you stall and then you turn around and tell people, oh, we, um, we're, we're, we're going to uh, we're, we're gonna get thousands and thousands of dollars in overtime. That last contract was basically a Pyrrhic victory where you sit around and that contract cost us more than what we gained. Mm-mm-mm. Cost us a hell of a lot more than what we gained. So it was no real victory with that past contract. We have to be smarter and understand that we can't allow the same things to happen again. And that's what progressive reaction is about. And our membership should open up, wake up, and, and applaud progressive action and, and welcome them. Uh, yeah, everybody should listen to welcome uh, progressive action. Sign up because I don't understand if I got a union and I question them and because they don't have an answer, then they want to start calling me names. They got a website, TA Surfers Insight, that if I go on that, ed- that website and I ask a question that they don't have the answer to, they take me off the website. Why would you <laughs> want to belong to a website like that? Exactly. You know, basically, you know, and a, and a, a lot of the, you know, slowly but surely we see in progressive action members getting interact interacting and talking and asking questions and Questions are being answered, and people are just really interacting. So basically, that's something that's good to see. But basically, you know, of course, you know, we want to see more of it. I right? mean, they they don't they a lot of people they not built for the interaction, but they reading right because I go places. I was just getting on a bus the other day randomly, and a guy was like, "Yo, you look familiar," and I said, "Progressive action." He said, "Oh man, nice to meet you." You know, it feels good because people are paying attention. Look at brother Vasquez. Okay. This kid's just opened up another website for bus And operators. I love it. I, yeah. told, I told him today. Oh, I, I, I bet Joey did. Yeah, we yeah. met Joey I said, bus, yeah. bus operators at war. I said, just the name alone is is exciting. It's fire. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm going to support him on that, um, that, that Facebook page. So anybody listening from buses, get into that bus operators at war. Joey Vasquez, 20 years in, is running that. And the reason he joined this for the same reason you said, Harry, mm-hmm. he was being censored on Willie Rivera's site. Oh, okay. And and they was trying to you know shut him up, and they was hitting him with, oh, you just progressive action this, right. and you scabbing too, and this is how they attacking members. They using progressive action name in vain. Yeah, any member that's within the sound of our voices, please, I, I implore you, do not fear your union reps. They they work for you. 
They are not your boss. They are there to do your bidding, not the other way around. They're not there to tell you what you what you want. They're there to listen to what you want. And then it's their job to go out there and acquire what you want. That's something that every member in this union and any member in any union must understand. You should not fear your union rep. Anytime that your union rep is intimidating you or attempting to intimidate you, then they need their asses whipped. Okay, plain and simple, because you can't sit up there because I'm not I'm not with you. I don't support John Samuelson. I support Local 100. You support John Samuelson because he's paying you to. I support Local 100. I support the members of Local 100. Progressive Action supports the members of Local 100. There is a big difference than supporting an individual than supporting an entity. And people have to look at that. We're about the masses. We're not about one. Because right now, the only one that's making out like a bandit is the president of this union. I'm going to let you know right now, Harry, that's going to be our new intro for the Progressive Action Show. <laughs> that's that's, that's going to be the new intro, man. I, I, lo I love that. I'm, I think I'm going to turn that into a sound bite. I'm going to have to take the work and, and turn it to the sound bite. Yeah, it's that time. It's, it's that time. Sounding of the horns. Yeah. Harry, you got to – I, I don't know when you want to come back after the 15th. Before the 15th again, I, we got to get you back next month sometime. If, and, and I'm here. Invite me and I'm here. <laughs> we got we to, he got to have another private sit down. Yeah, with. definitely. Yeah, whatever other private set with you, Harry. Yeah, yeah, real soon. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Def you know? In January sometime. You know, I want to get those um, RTW guys on the show. Oh, Eric Eddie? Yeah. Okay. I want to get them on the show. John Ferretti and all of them? Yeah, and I want to get Joe here too. Because they, you know, they attack me, you, Joe. Mm -hmm. It'll be interesting. Show. But they really attack you, though. A lot of people <laughs> attack you. <laughs> yeah, but you know, again, people got to understand, and they they got to understand. I mean, I I appreciate what work you've done for minorities and so on and so forth. But you got to understand, you you're not you've never walked in our shoes. You 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 can't understand what we've gone through as a people. I understand that you may have walked in and marched with this one and marched with that one, but until you're a black man. And you've got pulled over by the cops for no damn reason whatsoever. <laughs> or you've been okay. profiled. Or you've been profiled or, you know, people getting thrown up against the gate and getting searched for, you know, just based on how you look or whatever the case may be. You, you, you can't take that, even though you may try, you can't take that away from us. Nobody can take that away from us because we will continue as black men, as, as black men is doing something in the community, we will continue to fight the injustice is being done to our people. My son, my oldest son, was actually attacked by a cop, beat up by a cop, okay? I've had cops, a cop try to come into my home and try to push his way in, and I looked at him and asked him, where were you going? And the thing that made it so sad for me was it was a black cop that was doing it, and it was the white cops that were standing behind him. Now, when this man could not get into my home, because I'm standing, I'm asking, you got a warrant? He goes, no, but I still need to come in anyway. I don't give a damn, you got a warrant? And I'm in my robe because I just got out the shower, okay? <laughs> but I'm still ready to throw down because you're not pushing your way into my home. And then going to turn around and talk about, oh, I'm sorry that I intimidated you. How the hell you think you intimidated me when you're still standing on the outside, okay? <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. These guys need to understand we have the right to say any goddamn thing that we want to because the injustices are being done to us. Like I said, I appreciate what you're marching and coming out there and supporting and so on and so forth. But again, there is an injustice going on and you need to understand and if you don't too goddamn yeah. bad and this black man actually went against the nypd and rectified my situation the right way and won my situation so it's not much that they could tell me and they you're right they got to realize that it's the difference between walking beside us and walking in our shoes right 
especially as being a Caucasian man in America and being a black man in America. Well, that's that's well, that's that's the show for today. Yeah. Well, what is it? 158. I just got one thing quick to say. You know, basically, folks, um, as we end this year, 2016, to a close, as far as the show is concerned, you know, I just want every, I just want to reflect on the year and what we, you know, everything that we accomplished and everybody that's blessed this show and everybody that's blessed progressive action with information and continues to do so. You know, I just want to say thank you to everybody that's uh, including you, Harry and Joe and, and Roger and everybody. Oh, shout out because to we got, we became what um, part of Joe Transport Workers United. Yeah, members, members. Yeah, shout out to Joe for making us. Yeah, shout out to Joe for for welcoming per, per, us. Permanent, permanent Transport Workers United members. Yeah, yeah, because they got cards. We got our cards. We got membership cards. Yeah. yeah. So did y'all do the initiation? Nah, we no? we, we do the initiation. Nah, I got to go. Initiation is it's a, it's a bottle of tequila, right? <laughs> Some drinks or something. Right? But anyway, I just you know I I just want to commend everybody in Progressive Action for you know want, you know Chanel Nicole, our third host. For basically putting in work, you know, you know, with the with the toy drive and the and the women's committee, and you know, Trevor Trevor Logan Jr. with the bus, and and uh, you know, it's a whole lot of people that I can shout out right now. But basically, I just want to say also to the members that this is what progressive action is about, and we're about getting information out there, and we're about getting the truth out there because basically. What people need to understand is that, you know, this administration is, you know, not down for you. You know, basically they're in and, you know, they're in shop gates now talking about, you know, talking about progressive action, talking bad about progressive action. You know, so basically that says a lot, you know, but uh, basically that's what we're about here. We're about the truth and we're going to keep on bringing you the truth in 2017. Matter of fact, we're going to take it up some notches. You know, right, Tramel? We're going to take it up some notches in 2017. Exactly. Okay, so basically, you know, that's all I got to say. We got to get out of here the studio. So I just want to say uh, uh, have a good night to everybody. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy, yeah. happy, happy New Year. A prosperous and a wealthy and a healthy New Year. And we will see you back next week in 20, for the brand new show in 2017. Yeah, and get people, uh, people, please join the Facebook group, Progressive Action. We'll take y'all from there. Peace. Fight the power.